Welcome to Reconcile Radio. I'm your host, Kelby Sansom, where the central theme of this podcast comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God makes appeal through us, we implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In today's segment, we'll be discussing on, is in our third week study of our series of Christology of the Person and Work of Jesus, Jesus, our imputed righteousness. We have talked about Jesus, who is our great high priest, and Jesus, our mediator, and now we talk about Jesus, our imputed righteousness. And as we get into this final study today, I'd like to propose a question. Why do we need Christ's imputed righteousness? And GodQuestions.org can help me answer that question. And the answer is this. In his sermon on the mount, Jesus uttered these words in Matthew 5, 48. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This comes at the end of this section of the sermon where Jesus corrects his listeners that are his misunderstanding of the law. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus said that if his hearers want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, their righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees, who were the uh, experts of the law. Then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 48, he proceeds to radically define the law from mere outward conformity, which characterized the righteousness of the Pharisees to an obedience to both outward and inward conformity. He says, You have heard it said, but I say unto you. It's to differentiate between the way people heard the law taught from how Jesus is reinterpreting it. But obeying the law is more than simply abstaining from killing, committing adultery, breaking oaths. It's also not getting angry with your brother, not lusting in your heart, and not making insincere oaths. At the end of this all, we learn that we must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, and that comes from being perfect. And at this point, the natural response that we should have is, but I can't be perfect, which is absolutely true. In another place in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus summarized the law of God with two commandments in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is certainly a great goal to obtain. But has anyone ever loved the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and his neighbor as himself? Everything we do, say, and think has to be done, said, through for, from love for God and for their neighbor. If we are completely honest with ourselves, though, we have to admit that we have never achieved this level of spirituality. And the truth of the matter is that on our own and by our own efforts, we can't possibly be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. We don't love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We don't love God we don't, I mean, we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. We have a problem, and it's called sin. We are born with it, and we cannot overcome the effects of it on our own. 
sin radically affects us to our core. And sin affects what we do, say, and think. In other words, it taints everything we do. So, therefore, no matter how good we try to be, we will never meet God's standard of perfection. The Bible says that all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment, or in other words, like filthy rags. Our own righteousness is simply not good enough and never will be, no matter how hard we try. That is why Jesus lived a perfect life in full obedience to the law of God in thought, word, and deed. Jesus' mission wasn't simply to die on the cross for our sins, but also to live a life of perfect righteousness. Theologians refer to this as the active and passive obedience of Christ. Active obedience refers to Christ's life of sinless perfection. Everything he did was perfect. Passive obedience refers to Christ's submission to the crucifixion. He went willingly to the cross and allowed himself to be crucified without resisting. His passive obedience pays our sin debt before God, but it is the active obedience that gives us the perfection God requires. The Apostle Paul writes, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Through our faith in Christ, the righteousness of God is given to us. This is called imputed righteousness. To impute something is to ascribe or attribute something to someone. When we place our faith in Christ, God ascribes the perfect righteousness of Christ to our account so that we become perfect in his sight. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In the Protestant Reformation um, and with the Catholic Church, in the Protestant Reformation we've seen what imputed means, but in the Catholic Church we have the word infused, which is, seems to be a term not thrown around, but it's still seen through action. Infused meaning we are given a little bit of Jesus, but the rest is all up to us by our works. When that is not the case, that is not biblical Christianity. It is God doing the work for us and receiving him through faith. Not only is Christ's righteousness imputed to us through faith, but our sin is imputed to Christ. That is how Christ paid our sin debt to God. He had no sin in himself, but our sin is imputed to him so that he suffers on the cross. He is suffering the just penalty that our sin deserves. That is why Paul can say, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh shall live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 by having the righteousness of Christ imputed or attributed to us, we can be seen as sinless as Jesus is sinless. 
We are not righteous in ourselves, rather we possess Christ's righteousness applied to our account. It's not our perfection, but Christ's, that God sees when he brings us into fellowship with himself. We are still sinners in practice, but the grace of God has declared us to have righteous standing before the law and before God himself. In Jesus' parable of the wedding banquet, guests uh, guests are invited to a celebration from every street corner, and they are brought in, the bad as well as the good. All the guests have something in common. They are giving a wedding garment. They are not wearing their filthy street rags in the banquet hall, but are to be dressed in the garment of the king's providing. This is a beautiful and wonderful picture of imputation as guests in God's house we've been given the pure white robes of Christ's righteousness we receive this gift of God's grace by faith so here are my closing thoughts R.C. Sproul says it best the only way sinners can get past the gates of heaven is by wearing the robes of somebody else's righteousness so based off what you've we read together and we've and you've heard throughout this podcast it's Christ's righteousness that we're imputed with so I'll finish what I started with we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God makes appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God why because Jesus went through uh, his death bearing resurrection for you to bet you may be reconciled he was your great high priest on your behalf your atonement and he was your he's your mediator meeting before you god before god on your behalf and he's imputed to you his righteousness so you may stand before god holy and righteous in his sight be reconciled to god today this is kelby santum with reconciled radio signing off